Welcome to Disarming Persuasion, the podcast for sales and business leadership professionals. My name is Dave Rosenberg, and I am the founder and principal at Locked On Leadership, a consulting firm with a mission to replace Thank God It's Friday with Thank God It's Monday. With me is my co-host, a man who can literally teach sales with one hand tied behind his back, Darren Cecil. Filling in for Darren, the amazing Anne Bonnie. And what are we going to talk about today? Let's talk about accountability, Dave. Do we have to? <laughs> do we have to do a podcast at all? I mean, I th- well, it depends on your goals, but if you want to achieve some goals, you need to hold yourself accountable for a weekly podcast. Okay. Well, what do you mean by accountable? Why don't we start there? Well, you know, especially in a leadership position, but also with sales, making sure you're holding yourself accountable for the high standard that you expect from your team is really the only place to start if you want to actually hold your team accountable for anything. Hey, back up for a second. We got to parse this one out a little bit. I'm 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 feeling a little slow. I think I'm getting like the pre-tryptophan sluggishness. Like yes, brain, pre-turkey, my, my, pre-turkey yeah, my, malaise. My, my, my brain has already had the turkey dinner and it's going like, oh, shut down, football. That's it. <laughs> Nap on couch. Yes. Oh, those are like some of my favorite words, but but we digress and we're not being accountable to our listeners. So get on it, Dave. Get it back yeah. together. All right, let's All parse right. this out. What do you need? What do you, what do you need me to slow down on this time? All right. So you're said. You're, you're said, you're said. <laughs> wow. You want me to just take this one? <laughs> you said, folks, yeah, this is going to be one of those days. Um, you said we have to hold ourselves to the standard we want to hold our team to, or words to that effect. Yes. So, the implication there is if we aren't accountable ourselves, our team will never be accountable. Well, if they're seeing something different from us than what we're asking for from them, they're yeah. not, they're not going to be super on board with making changes to improve their work habits or, you know, their um, credibility with clients or their productivity you know, I, th- I think we're on to something. This reminds me of one of my dad's favorite sayings that never worked. Do as I say, not as I do. Ah, uh, yes. Yeah. My dad was a music teacher. And I mean, he had experimented with the marijuana. Ah, the Mary Jane. Yes, the MJ, right? And and obviously it's, you know, it's not your father's marijuana, that's for sure. But um Actually, it was, but that's another story. I mean, actually, was my dad's marijuana that he was smoking? (laughs) No, that I was smoking. Oh! (laughs) Yes, 10th grade, went went to get some, uh, my allowance and said, uh, Dad, I I need my allowance. Was at a party? You know, we were holding at our house. And and he says, why? Victor's got some amazing blonde hash. He says, I don't want you wasting your money on that. He breaks out his stash and he gets me some purple. <laughs> so 
folks, if you don't want your employees to be bringing marijuana to work, you should be bringing it and supplying it. Is that what you're saying, Dave? No, I'm saying it became really difficult for him a year or two later after he realized that he, it wasn't for him to say, you shouldn't be smoking dope. Right. It, it became impossible. Well, actually, he was able to say the words. It had zero credibility. after Right. That. Yep. You know? And that's exactly it. We're not backing our actions with our words. They mean nothing. Yeah. We have to model the behaviors we want in our team. And and if you want your team to get things done on time, get them done accurately. And, you know, there's an earlier podcast and earlier, I mean, like a year ago, I don't remember what episode number is, where I talk about a difference between accountability and responsibility. And it's probably worth repeating a little bit about that, right? So responsibility is the ability to respond. So that's a timeliness question. So customer calls and says, this didn't ship. I need it tomorrow. Do you have the ability to go pick up the package or you go get the package and get it to UPS or wherever FedEx, whomever, drive it over there? You are responding and you are being responsible. Accountability is your ability to, well, account, but it's to do things properly. So account actually comes from the Latin root computare, as in to compute. Damn, Dave. There you go again. At least that marijuana didn't put the holes in your brain. Yeah. Well, you know, there's these little, our our atoms are like little tiny universes. Oh, never mind. Sorry. Um, (laughs) Let me just eat some of these chips and we'll be fine. Um, (laughs) But seriously, right? Accountability is the ability to do something correctly. So we want to both be responsible and accountable. Right. And I think those aren't the only definitions, but I think that definitely for our purposes here, that fits beautifully. Yeah. I mean, well, people use them interchangeably and I think that becomes a bit problematic, right? If you, if you think of them that way, because now if you're counseling somebody was that they were irresponsible, i.e. they didn't respond in a timely fashion, right? Oh, they got the project done, but two days too late. It was done beautifully. It was accurate. Or they got it done on time, but they did it wrong. Now they're not really, you know, now you have to hold them accountable. But don't you have to hold them accountable if they didn't get the responsiveness right? Well, and that's where the language confusion comes in, right? You have to hold them accountable because something went wrong from a procedural perspective that they were un- unable to respond. Okay. Um, really confusing. The heck this is getting them. very cerebral. Yeah, we're getting, we're splitting hairs on words here. I think the key is we need to hold ourselves accountable and responsible for <laughs> if we want our teams to also be accountable and responsible and i think that's that's the sum irrespective which by the way folks irregardless not a word it's either regardless or irrespective but when you put them together you're making stuff up pet peeve sorry pet peeve alert it's word day with dave (laughs) maybe i should have smoked some of that (laughs) he still has some of his dad's weed Uh, you light it it'll go up in like a a smoke boom talking about dry yeah, yeah. um no well, but the, the the key is the first question you have to ask yourself as a leader when you're not getting what you need from your team is what are they seeing in me you know that 
wow. Yeah, that's so true. So I just went through an exercise uh, with my coach last week where she had me name like my top 10 people I'd want to hang out with from history. Could be real, could be, you know, I say history, could could be fictitious characters. Then list how, down. The, how many times did you have me on the list, Dave? You, well, you, you made the list. <laughs> Never mind. Never mind. Don't ask the question, Ann. <laughs> Add it right there. Yeah, you're on the list, Ann. Um, and and then you know the characters you see in them. Her point was were the characteristics you actually have yourself. That's why you see it in other people. And so that these are positive characteristics I came up with, right? And because I wanted to hang out with these people, but the same is true in the negative, right? Mm. When we see negative in others, it probably exists in us. So if our team is not being accountable and responsible we're probably not being accountable and responsible, which begs the question, how do we improve our personal accountability and responsibility? I think you pay attention. To what? To where things aren't going well, whether it's with your team or with the results you're getting as far as your productivity. Um, Isn't that how we do any kind of professional development or personal development is Look at what's not working. Where where could I be stronger? Where do I want to be stronger? And start looking at all right. How do I how do I start improving there? Well, I think let's back it up a little bit because what to, what my experience and both personally, you know, I haven't always been you know the over accountable person I am today for whatever that level is, you know, and and I've been irresponsible in my life and unaccountable and. Typically what happens when that, when that occurs is we start making excuses, right? We start going, the world is interfering with my ability to do whatever it is I said I was going to do or need to do or have to do, right? The sun was in my eyes. There's a hole in my net, whatever. <laughs> hole in my net. Is that what you just said? It is. I have no <laughs> I tennis racket, whatever. Okay. I was thinking like I, trapeze. I thought, wow, I don't think they'd be talking about it, but anyway, go ahead squish um you're splat 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 splat. um right but so i think step one is be aware of that language because Mm -hmm. when you're saying something else has interfered you're not taking any responsibility for yourself and and even if it's a situation where there were a lot of external factors at play you can say what part did i play in this you know, when I used to do customer service training years ago, when I had my uh, telecom business, and one of the things I would tell people all the time is, yeah, maybe we can't control what the dial tone provider does, but we could certainly control how we communicate what's going on with our customers. There's always something we can control that would improve the situation. Yep. And if you're so busy looking at all the external factors that you can't control, you're never going to see those internal factors that you actually can. Right. So step, step number one, if you want your team to be better, more accountable, more responsible, become better, more accountable, and responsible yourself by looking at what you can control. Exactly. Now, what's interesting is once you start doing that, guess what your team's going to do? perk up well so first they're going to start potentially blaming you right you didn't do this you didn't do this but then you get to look at them and go you're right 
I didn't do this and I'm owning this. What didn't you do? Have the conversation. Right. Yep. And now that conversation becomes completely different when it's not, well, you didn't do this. Well, yeah, but you needed to do this. Well, yeah, don't worry about what I didn't do. You didn't do this, right? Right. 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 Well, that's, and that's the challenge a lot of people have in holding their teams accountable, especially if they've paid attention and know that they're not exactly on the right end of the, of the horse either. Um, They, (laughs) right. End of the argument either. They, you know, they will put it off. And if you're able to say, yes, you know what? I recognize. In fact, if you're even able to lead with that and say, y'all, you know what? I have not been accountable for X, Y, Z. I have not been showing. And that's something that I'm working on as a professional. And at the same time as I'm working on that, I'm going to ask you all to work on that too, because we as a team need to improve our processes. I would challenge one thing you said, and and yeah, as a professional, right? And, but the reality is how we show up in one part of our life, we probably show up in every part of our life. Sure. Yep. So I would say we own it everywhere. And if I'm being irresponsible at home, I'm being irresponsible at work and, and vice versa right? And just own your stuff. Yep. No, you don't have to share all your stuff at work. No, no. But what I'm saying is, at least in your mind, don't silo it. Recognize, because if you do that, you go, okay, this is only a problem at work. It's like, it's like, uh, um, which word I'm looking for? Treating half a disease, Mm. right? You have an infection, and you only treat part of the infection. The other infection goes untreated. Guess what? You're never going to get rid of the infection. Right? Yeah. Got to treat the whole thing, which means homework, every part of your life. I guarantee it's showing up everywhere. Where yeah. does it show up? Start, start up there. You know, Make a list of all the places where you're not being accountable, the places you can be better. And don't beat yourself up for it. Right? We, no, we're human. We make right. mistakes. Yep. Guess what, folks? Confession. After over a year, I failed to get a show out this morning at 8 a.m. <gasps> I'm sorry I let you down. Just that simple. Where does it show up in your life? Yep. Yep. And by owning it, you give yourself the strength to admit it and to fix it. Um which, which is key because it's not always comfortable. The hardest part is owning it and saying, oh, dude, I messed that up. And then once you own it and you talk about it, now like fixing it's the easy part. Here's the really cool part. People will forgive you when you own it. Oh, I, yeah. I, I was playing um, this last, last week's hockey game and we're in the attack zone. I was playing defense. My forwards were scrambling. Somebody took a shot and, all, and, and the puck was loose. Ref blew the whistle and we scored in that order. It's the wrong order, right? Right. And, okay. and, they, and they waved it off. And they said, you know, because the ref blew the whistle. Right. <clears throat> and I skated up to the ref. I said, what was that whistle for? He said, I blew it. I, I made a mistake. Not Ba-dum-psh. I blew the whistle. Sorry. <laughs> no pun intended there. <laughs> He said, I blew the call. Sorry. It was like, wah, wah, wah. okay. He owned it. We're done. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yep. Yeah. We had to go to a shootout to win. We should have won handily. Oh, well, that's just the way it was. Yeah. 
know, but when you, when you own your stuff like that, that's the exact reaction. People go, oh, oh okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, and, and once you have that sort of those agreements with yourself, where you look and where you say, look at all areas of your life. And this is something that I just did myself. Because as my romantic relationship just ended, I wanted to think about, okay, what am I looking for in a romantic relationship? So that getting into it, I, I know what I'm looking for and I can hold myself accountable to those things um, so that he knows what I'm looking for, if he's the right person or not. Um, and then as I was thinking about it, I'm like, okay, wait a minute. I need to write this in all areas of my life. And I ended up making a spreadsheet, Dave. Because I knew that of the things that I listed out, there would be areas of importance from communication to, I don't know, other areas. I can't think of them right now. <clears throat> but I knew that there would be c- categories that I would want to hold myself accountable to in my business, in my health and fitness, in my romantic relationships, in, in my living space. You know, And as I level up all parts of my life, the only way I'm going to hold myself accountable is to know what those areas are. Uh, absolutely. Yeah. And, and, you know, there's a lot of folks out there, me amongst them, making lists not come easy. But just do it as best yeah. you can. And don't worry about getting it right or wrong. Just get it down. And then you'll look at it and you'll go, oh, wait a second. I forgot something. I've, I'll bet two to three iterations tops yeah. and, and you're 99%. And just having taken the time to think about it, what am I going to hold myself accountable to? To think about it, spend a little bit of time writing it down. It doesn't have to be a great printed out manifesto handed to everybody on your holiday card list. You know, it can be just that document that exists somewhere that you thought about. I would challenge you to go one step farther, which, and I know you've already done this. You're talking about your romantic relationship and and, and I know you did this in that. Um, this and that, but, you know, in terms of professionally with your teams, right? Announce it, say it out loud. Okay. Tell everybody, this is what you, because there's a magic to saying the words when it, when, when it's in your head and not verbalized, we can go like, yeah, I changed my mind. When we announce it, we're now faced with people going, I thought you said you were going to be on time all more frequently or be mm-hmm. on time and yeah. not be late or whatever it might be. be right? great. And, and, and all of a sudden you have to rise to that occasion. And you are creating accountability for yourself outside yourself. Correct. Because people will let you know. And you also, by the way, need to know that if you fail to do it and you, you know, I mean, I don't mean every time, but frequently, yeah. I mean, you, it needs to be the rare exception when you don't hold yourself accountable. And as long as it's the rare exception, you're fine. But if you fail to do it, your team's going to fail to do it. Your right. customers are going to fail to do it. Right. When your customers say, I'm going to get back to you next week, and then they don't get back to you for six months. Right. right? And even more so, if you've announced it to your team and then you don't do it, pretty much any other goal that you ever set with your team, it's kind of like, meh, it's not that important. Right. That's exactly it. Yeah. That, that sums it up. You want your team to be more accountable. Look in the mirror first. Yep. And what you'll find is those people who are accountable by nature will rise to the occasion. And those who are not will quickly identify themselves and you'll see an opportunity to improve your team. Yep. 
And another thing that from an accountability standpoint that somebody, I heard a story the other day, this person was talking about his daughter who throughout high school, she was late for everything. She was always late for class. She's always late for, you know, team sports, whatever. She got a first job folding clothes at Abercrombie or something. And the manager was giving her the orientation and showing her how to do all the things and showing her how to punch in and everything. And she said, oh, just so you know, for the first three months, if you're ever late once, you're fired. And um, the girl thought, well, there's no way they're going to do that. And then the next day, one of her coworkers was late and they fired him on the spot. And not saying that this is a great policy. I think it probably worked beautifully, but it made them have to hire a lot. But if you are telling your team that something's going to happen, this, I used to be a special ed teacher. This is the same case with kids. If you tell people something's going to happen, it better happen. Again, you hold yourself accountable for holding them accountable because otherwise you're, you're sunk. It's funny when I got hired on at the moving company as VP, uh, just before I got hired, there was a customer service rep, a female customer service rep. I'm trying to think how I can say this. Well, we're not PG, so I guess she offered to um, get it on with two of the movers simultaneously. Oh. That, okay. th- and this was apparently the last straw. Okay. Apparently a pretty big straw. And she was hoping so anyway. Wow. I can't believe you went there. Sorry. That's why she went for two. Um, So she got fired and her response to the owner was a friend of mine. And that's how I heard the story was that, wow, I didn't think you'd fire anybody. And that's the moral of the story. Mm. If you don't follow through, you get behavior eventually right? It's going to force, the universe will force you to do what you need to do. Yeah. By the way, that didn't happen on my watch and would never have happened on my watch. You know, and what I would have is people who I thought had chances of succeeding moving on because they didn't see themselves succeeding. Right. And so that was another failure of mine, Mm. which is probably a conversation for another podcast. Yep. However, that's a lot better than having people just doing what they want willy nilly. Well, especially because you said it was the last straw. So she probably did a lot of other pretty bad things before she finally hit the bricks. Yeah, I don't remember the details because obviously I wasn't there. But I, I know Brian, the owner. I mean, he he was like, you know, I I wanted to get rid of her. I'm like, why didn't you? You know, and and he's, uh, you know, like, I got to replace her. I got to you know, do all these other things. You know, and yeah. and it just it was fell into the too hard department. And the other piece about not holding certain team members accountable is the rest of the team sees it and they either think, oh, I can get away with anything. Or they think this is baloney. I'm out. Well, and you lose it. your good people because they don't want to put up with it. That's exactly right. The, the people you want to keep go find someplace where they're work because they don't feel appreciated. Right. right? They don't if feel like letting, their honesty matters. Their hard work matters. Right. If you're letting a schlub go, I mean, a schlub stick around, I mean, right. right? Then you clearly don't value hard work, which means you don't value them. And I will tell you this, in my business career, I'm probably one of the faster people, like, I don't think I'm like trigger happy, but, you know, hair trigger, but getting rid of people, I don't put up with a lot of stuff. No matter how quickly I think I got rid of somebody, no matter how decisive I believe I am, every time, I promise you, every time, 
the team's response is it's about time mm. right? because they see this stuff long before you do. Right. By the time it makes it to you, they've been dealing with it for a little while. Yeah. Yeah. And people lean on HR. Oh, HR regulations. But here's the scoop. There are, if you follow HR law, if you've set up the regulations for your employees and they know what to expect, if this, then that, you're fine. Yeah. You know, it's funny. HR regulations are a lot like traffic and vehicle code laws. A cop can pull anybody over anytime they want with probable cause. I guarantee there is something going on in your vehicle that's sufficient for them to pull you over should they choose to. They're ignoring most of this stuff because it's not big stuff. But if they need a reason, they have it. If you need a reason to get rid of somebody, I promise you it's there. Yep. And by the time you want to get rid of them, it's probably, like you said, about time. Yeah, or, or past time no matter how fast you think you're going. And, and just let me just sort of paint that picture because I think it's important to understand. By the time it percolates up to you, usually what happens is somebody says, hey, Dave, are you aware of X, right? Well, that's not the first time, right? It had to get to the point where they were so ticked off that they brought it to your attention. So by the time it comes becomes your attention, right, the team is already overly sensitive to it. Now, of course, you have to go through your due diligence, have to have your chance at rehabilitating. You have your conversations with them. You go through your stuff. And so by the time they get through you and you're like, that's it, you're out of here, you know, see you next lifetime. (laughs) A lot's going on. Yeah, right. Right. And the whole point of that process is giving them the opportunity to fix what's wrong, right? So it's a good process, but usually people prove themselves not interested in making the changes necessary. I don't know whether I would agree with the usually. I think if you, I think if you set up your leadership correctly, you care about people, you set people up for success, you can create a culture where everyone steps up to the plate. Oh, a hundred percent. But, and, and to my point, you don't get to the point where they end up in the HR process. You're able to coach them. You're able to have conversations outside of the HR process because once you talk to them about it, you coach them on it, they respond well. You don't even have to go down that road. I guess when you say HR process, in my mind, that first conversation is part of that HR process. You just don't have HR involved. So Right. It's not official. Right. It's a slippery slope. And yeah, yeah, once once you get to the point where you have to bring the HR department in to make sure I's are dotted and T's are crossed. Yeah, I would agree. It's it's not a fait accompli, but it's is it's darn close, you know. Yeah. Right. And you can usually tell right away um, when people are like, OK, let me know what I need to do because I don't want to get fired. Now we've got a conversation. Yeah. Yeah. People tip it. If you have that first counseling session correctly, there rarely is a second. Right. And that's what you have to hold yourself accountable for as a leader is learning how to have that conversation well, to build those relationships so that conversation can go well. And that's not about your people. That's about you and your leadership. Absolutely. And by the way, if you're interested in how to have that conversation, I happen to have that on my website, my best step-by-step guide to improving employee performance. Well, how can they find that, Dave? 
Well, uh, I will post the URL in the show notes, folks, and then you can go and download that yourself. And what a helpful surprise. Thanks for that gift for our listeners, Dave. Well, happy Thanksgiving. You're a pal. <laughs> we should just end it right there. <laughs> uh, wow. With you calling me a pal. <laughs> I don't even Thanks, know. Thanks, pal. pal. <laughs> and, and this throwback to the 50s is brought to you by our very own Anne Bonnie. <laughs> you rascal. I think this is a good place to end it. So um, <laughs> any, any, any final words, pal? <laughs> well, it's not always comfortable. And, and it's, it's looking at embracing the discomfort of asking, what can I do differently and to make this situation better? And then actually doing it. Action and words are two very different things. So it's not always comfortable holding yourself accountable. It's definitely right? not comfortable holding other people accountable. I think it can be though. I yeah. actually do. I think if you come for come at it as not holding people accountable, but counseling because you care for their success, you're setting them up for their success and you want them to be happy. And understanding this, that if you do it properly and they're not successful, the best thing you can do for them is terminate them because they'll never be happy working with you. Or successful. Yep. Right. And let give them an opportunity. And this is sincere. This is not euphemism. Give them an opportunity for them to find their place where they will be happy. Everyone deserves to be happy. I've heard from a lot of good people who got fired from jobs that it was the best thing that ever happened to them. I was miserable there. Yeah, I, I can attest to that. I've, I've had that happen to me. You know, I hate, I knew it was coming. And, and yes, folks, this was a termination. It was wasn't firing for cause. It was downsizing and whatever. Did you it's, hit on the movers, Dave? No. <laughs> no, but when we got sold to uh, we got sold to new ownership and the culture changed, and there was a top down culture, and I have a bottom up mentality, and I don't mean bottoms up. Um, although after going to work for the new ownership, bottoms up became pretty frequent. But, you know, I, I liked, as we've talked about it before, uh, you know, I, I'd like the team to solve the problems and not me to have to do it. And it was a bad fit. And I can't remember what the straw was, but, you know, I knew, oh, I know what it was. I, I hired somebody, a salesperson to sell where they wanted me to, to have sell. And they did it without checking with anybody above me. I just did it. And so they decided that was enough. Hmm. Dang you for being proactive. Yep. Yep. So holding yourself accountability for your sales numbers. One of the best things that ever happened to me. Mm -hmm. See, there it is. Because I was miserable there. Yep. So any rate, on that sad story. Have a great Thanksgiving, pal. Everybody eat eat your heart's delight. And uh, we will talk to you next time. Have a happy Thanksgiving, everyone. That concludes another episode of Disarming Persuasion. My name's Dave Rosenberg. And this is Darren Cecil. Visit our websites at LockedOnLeadership.com or DarrenCecil.com. Follow us on social media. You can find the links in the show notes. Remember, if they fail to make a decision, 
you failed to disarm them.